Radio. I'm Andrew Bedlam, and you're listening to Blank 77. You ain't nothing but a Write some blank 77 on. All right. How you people doing out there? As I said in the intro, I am Andrew Bedlam. I have my right-hand man here, partner in crime, my heterosexual life mate. $4, Sean. How the fuck you doing? (laughs) This is my heterosexual life mate, Silent Bob. But uh, yeah, what's going on, Pogo Land? Yes, yes, Sean, Sean, Sean here, Sean here. I love it when Sean's here. I believe Renee was on the last, or no, Renee was two episodes ago. You and me did our uh, other episode. Me and Renee did that Pogo episode. You and me were having our last we were, episode. We were just reminiscing. We were banking, banking right. one. Right. Did that one ever come out? Yeah, yeah. It did? No, no. I put it out on the... Uh, it's like Friday. We recorded it on like a Thursday. It came out on like a Saturday. But yeah, if you guys missed it, go over to pogocity.com or you can find uh, the podcast all over the place. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify. Those are really the best places. Uh, you also have a better sound quality there and access to almost 600 episodes. Holy shit. And it's really cool too because you, and people tell me they do, and I love hearing it. You know what I mean? You can go back to episode one. Like, that's what sucked about the football show. It was like we'd put all this work in it, and then by the time any questions we had asked, by the time the show was op- over, they'd be answered. The content <laughs> would be irrelevant. Yeah. But this, you could go back to the first episode, and it'll just be us bullshitting, listening to music, drunk and talking as, about shows. Drunk as hell. Yeah. Like, so go back, check out the archives, give it a share. I've been noticing we've been getting some share. It's great, you know. For every for every one or two hates we get, we get like a hundred loves, and that's just how it goes. And we really appreciate the love. We really, really do. The shares of the page and the show My are Mike honestly is me off, man. They're honestly the best not way. And where it's supposed to. That's honestly the best way you can help support the show. It just gets it on more people's screens and more people's ears. We also have a, a PayPal link, but I don't even have the address shared in there. Just go to pogocity.com. You guys can also order the uh, Parasitics one-sided record. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Sounds so awesome and uh, lots of uh, 
lots of VH1 behind the music yeah. would be could be there one day. But uh, yeah, it's it's finally in production. It got started this week. They're making the records pink, yellow, and clear splattered vinyl. The artwork done by Rob, and uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. Rest We're giving away. Peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Speaking of Rob, blanks out in LA right now, and uh, they got a bunch of shows. We're rocking our new blanks yes. hats. Yes. That uh, Renee was nice enough. That our, our bootlicking selves got. Yeah. So uh, We are we're, Blanks bootlickers. But uh, Blanks in L.A., and they're out visiting a bunch of the gravestones, and they actually took one of Rob's shirts with his face on it, and they hung it up at the uh, Didi grave, I saw, and they took I some pictures. I saw that as well. Did you see that? Yeah, I think yeah. they did some stuff for Howie Pyro as well. I think it was actually Tim's idea from what I hear. But, uh, yeah, Renee been hitting us up a bunch. Blanks out in L.A. with Who Killed Spike? jacket and some others well actually out in california moving all over the coast chilling at the beach of course i even got i got pictures, pictures of renee of, i got pictures uh of them hanging out poolside today uh while i was at oh, work that was so I, was, I was gonna say renee hates the beach but yeah i saw her on they're the hanging lounge, out poolside pool. and yeah. i was at work and i was jealous wow it's like, I wish I was in a pool <laughs> yes, right now yes. in L.A. But, uh, yeah, it seems like those shows will be killer. They're playing with Who Killed Spiky Jacket. And uh, they also got some other cool shit lined up over 4th of July weekend or whatever it is. They'll be playing at uh, Punks Unite with so many great other bands. Yes. Do you know who else is on the bill? It used to uh, be um, the, the Fuck You, We Rule, basically. Yeah, Defiance and uh, The Riffs and uh, Lower Class Brats. Uh, I think the casualties are on there. Damn, that sounds amazing. Uh, I really wanted else? to go to that. Really wanted to go to that. Jesus, I've seen the the flyer for it like ten thousand times, and now I can't remember who the hell else is on it. But I know uh, Defiance is on there because I remembered that. Sean's like, I've wanted to blow them forever. <laughs> yes, I still do. Yes, yes, and there's nothing. I'd rather have it. Admit it, like the same thing, dude. I can't stand the pretentiousness. Like, no, dude. We worshipped some of these bands, and the any time we get to see these old school bands, well, we're calling them old school, but bands from when we were in high school, yeah. and like, e even if we don't get to hang out with them, just being at the show, but then getting to see them and stuff, it, it's it's totally, it's totally amazing. Yeah. It's totally a blast. Me and, and Colin were talking about it like a couple weeks ago, like. Um, he was. He just texted me like randomly. He was like, "Damn, I wish we were going to Denver." I was like, "Dude, me too." And Colin's not even all that into punk rock, but like he, he's in it into it enough that he would. He's if, plenty if, into punk rock. If if he had the money and the capability, he would make that that road trip. We wouldn't even fly there. He said, "Look, we we would drive there and go to see go to Denver." I that would stop me. Me and Brood Girl Jess, we were gonna get tickets. But we thought, like, flights used to be cheap a couple months ago, and now it was, like, close to a grand for each of us. And it was like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not fucking happening. And that's not, that's that doesn't not fucking include, happening. Uh, that doesn't include, like, room and board. Uh, but we could have stayed somewhere for shit. virtually free, but it, it was the flight. We could have made every everything else would have been fine. But, like, it was, like, nah, it was, like, eight $900. And it was, like, yeah, yeah no, I'm not spending $1,800 on a flight. That's insane. It's just, fuck no. <laughs> like, but, yeah, good luck to everybody and uh, have, have fun, fun out, out there. Have fun out there, though. Yeah. I can't wait to see some of the live videos and all that. But we got some things planned. Opened up the show with some blank 77. 
I actually uploaded that rare track. It came out on Killer Blanks, their first full-length album in like 94, but only on the German release. The covers weren't on the American release. If you had the vinyl, the A-side ended with Spirit of 77, and the B-side kicked off, it said, with What You Get, which is an older Blank song, not on any of the albums. It was credited as What You Get, but Hound Dog would play... And uh, I could never I find it. I have that German release. Yes, and that's why I was able to upload it because I took your record, and that's why it sounds kind of bootleg because it totally is. I took your record, put it on my turntable, and it's a picture disc, which is yeah. like the worst sounding. <laughs> and I, I recorded like it. Discs, oh yeah, but I'm talking I'm talking for sound quality though. Okay. I recorded it into like Reaper. And then made it an MP3 and uploaded it to our YouTube so you motherfuckers can hear it. Uh, you can go to Pogo City Radio's YouTube or you can just type blank 77 hound dog and you can hear the track because it's a pretty hard one to find. I put up a little uh, clip video of some older pictures I came across of blanks from like when that album was out. Like tried not to use, I think I used some pictures for it today, but I, I tried to work in pictures from like that era. So go check it out. And hopefully if you're out on the West Coast, you're checking them out tonight or check them out last night but it's uh renee is out there having a blast i know she's been super she always sets it up and then complains she'll be like she'll be super busy at work and then being like boom i'm flying out to whatever and i'm gonna have a blast and it's like wait i'm dead tired abused and beaten and i have no energy (laughs) she was saying uh she was texting our group the other night Say or whenever it was. Oh, let's let's do like some drugs. Up, let's do some drugs real quick. All saying the, that she's been up, up. Oh yeah, because we're drug addicts. Um, <laughs> saying how she's been up since like two nights before, some shit like that, and how she had this plan, how she's gonna eat two gummies on the plane and not get there until like nine thirty in the morning, so she could sleep all day. And I mean, she looks uh, she looks like she's having fun out there with the rest of the band. They were uh, going to see the the. Fucking graves, and graves and shit, and hanging out by the pool and whatnot, and uh, they partying played, like rock stars. They played, they played last night, so they're obviously uh, still out and about the next day. So looks like they're having a good time. And there's more shows lined up. It's not just one show. It's just one LA show, but there, there's well, others. There's two, L, two LA. Oh, shows. did they? That's right. They added they, the second th- one. There's yeah. a second show tonight with like Who Killed Spiky Jacket. Don't you love it when things get billed as only LA show, <laughs> and then there's like more. <laughs> Who more else are they playing with? I think there's a bunch of bands. I've seen really the flyers, know. but yeah, it's a bunch of. The, I think it's a uh, it's a nacho, and there's also another corrupted promoter. youth is on there. I think so. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I just I, I feel like if nacho is doing it, then the corrupted youth is probably playing. Sometimes, but. Not all the time. Not not all okay. the time. It does. It I think does, I yeah. saw their name on the. Maybe they are. I'm not saying, but sometimes I'll see shows with Nacho's name on it that corrupt. It's not playing. Just like you know, we do pogo shows, and sometimes my band wouldn't be able to make it, and it would just be a pogo show. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, we'll have to do some more pogo shows. I got a bunch of new boards, and I'm dying to take out uh, this other new board I have live because it's so perfect like this board we're using here a little too big to take out live the 32 track but the 24 track with the 22 monos dude we could mic up a full drum set a whole ska section we could have everything going di with like five microphones and we'd still have mad tracks it can have five monitors like it's so i'm really trying to do a show with that and uh, i don't know we'll, we'll, maybe we should book a local show soon i stopped doing the local shows because for a little because i hate playing 
shows that I'm booking because I want to have fun when I play shows and I yeah. never have fun when I book a show because it's like a nightmare and there's like yeah. is there enough people here do we have enough money oh the 15th fight happened like you know but we should do maybe we'll have to set one up for the you know the hardcore you know in Peaberg or Easton you yeah. know what I mean we'll have to we'll have to get something up and running like what we had at the Almond Tree brewing. or Area 81 just because I want to use the new gear but uh some other shows are coming up and uh we're gonna talk about them in a minute why don't we play a song that'll probably get us muted on some platforms so if the audio cuts out here on the video like i said you guys can uh hear the podcast and all the tracks will be there and they'll all be in a uh, high sound quality and you can find it on spotify apple music pogocity.com Tom Stitcher, and uh, we're gonna play some Dead Boys with one of my all-time favorite tracks. You know what? I was gonna play "Caught with the Meat in Your Mouth," but we're gonna play all this and more. We're gonna keep it nice and slutty. Here's the Dead Boys. <laughs>
All right, that was the Dead Boys right there on Pogo City Radio. Now, uh, there's some Dead Boys shows coming up, and uh, I I love anything Dead Boys related. I saw them a few times a couple years ago, Cheetah and Johnny Blitz being the originals. And um, if I'm being honest, you know, there's some uh, pretty big mixed reviews on the band in uh, this era, if you will, but I absolutely love it. I don't know. I wasn't at the uh, Localist show, like the Nazareth or Caddy show the Dead Boys did a couple years ago. I was at the New York and New Jersey ones, but I know there was like uh, some drama going on at uh, those shows, and I know some of the locals kind of had a different opinion on the guys in the band after the show, and I never really understood why, but um, in my opinion, man, I I had a blast. They sounded fucking great, and I don't have an issue with this. I'm looking for a flyer for the Dead Boys because I know we have tickets, but I don't have the details, and I'm looking for the details, but I've heard some negative comments of people basically saying that they hired an actor to portray Stiv. Now, I read Cheetah Chrome's book, and he talks about finding him. I can't think of the guy's name, and how he was just perfect, and he had the sound and the style and the look but Cheetah loved that, but it seems like some of the fans don't because they they feel like he's an actor because he really does. He's much bigger. Stiv was very small. He's a bigger guy, but he does look like him, and he does move like him, and he does dress like him, and I'm fine with it. I don't care, but that is a negative thing that I've heard a lot that okay. people are like. People, they feel people like don't it's like, like the stand-in. Yeah, because I think they want him to be himself, and maybe he is being himself, but people are taking it as he's a Stiv imitator, and they don't want to see an Elvis impersonator. But, I mean, dude, there's plenty of bands that I go see that don't have any original members, you know what I mean? And it's like, these are two original members, some of the godfathers of the New York scene, even though the Dead Boys being from Cleveland, but the story of the band is just one of the most punk rock stories there are. I have the book somewhere. It's um, let's it's it has a longer title, but it's basically a tale of a dead boy, and it's like Cheetah Chrome's survival of punk rock and some dates. But it's a a dead boy's tale. That's what it is. And um, his real name is Eugene. And uh, it's real funny before. I get into talking about the book and some of the history of the Dead Boys and why I love them so much. I have to say it was funny. I was I was in a halfway house once, and uh, I had I had just gotten I just hit the bricks. You know what I mean? And I'm in a halfway house, and it was in Eighth Street on Allentown in Allentown. Now that is literally like a 10 minute walk from the record store I grew up learning about punk rock. Double Decker, you know, like the local store right. that's been there since before us, and hopefully it lasts forever. And um, I bought all my records there when I was a kid, and I'm finally out and home. And I'm like, as soon as I get like an hour to like free roam, I'm like, boom! I walk right across the Eighth Street Bridge and go right down to Double Decker, and I I bought um the Dead Boys. It was uh. Uh, Night of the Living Dead Boys, the li- the live album, one of the reunion shows. And as I'm walking back in, I had to sign in. I walk past the director of the program, who was also my counselor because I was a bad kid. I was the only one on his caseload. But I walk past him and he goes, the Dead Boys? 
And I said, yeah. And he goes, Cheetah Chrome's the singer of that band, right? And this dude has glasses, AA, CEO of a recovery program, gray hair, fat, pudgy, business type. He goes, Cheetah Chrome's the singer of the Dead Boys, right? And I go, no, he's the guitar player, but how the fuck do you even know that much? <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. And he goes... I'm pretty sure I know him. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, his real name's Eugene, right? And I said, yes. And he goes, he's like a major guy in AA now. And I go to conferences and I meet with him and I see him and do business with him. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? You know Cheetah fucking Chrome? I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> like this dude who looks like he'd be listening to like Kenny G. Dude, we'd be laughing so hard motherfuckers would be like like you know you'd have to like sign right back in like to the minute and like dudes would be out for five minutes longer and you'd see like some of the counselors like roam in the streets and we'd be laughing because they would stick out like sore thumbs you know we're in center city allentown it was before they built the hockey stadium there everybody was protest protesting at all the local businesses and like we'd be walking around and you'd see the counselors come out dude and they would stick out like a green hat with an orange bill like you could see them from a mile away like almost like the worst undercover cops like i don't know about you but i'd be walking through easton and like a pickup truck would slow down they'd be like yo do you know where i can get some crack cocaine and i'd be like no i've never heard of that before because no one says crack cocaine that's ever can i get some crack cocaine do you Should kids have any drugs? Let's do some pot. Do you guys know where we can do some marijuana? How many pots have you smoked? How many pots have you smoked? <laughs> Steve Carell. Speaking of Steve Carell, I had some uh, fun doing a... Uh, office not an office a pedal video today but pogo would have been all fucked up if i hadn't done it because my computer kept crashing and everything was yeah, messed up we were having problems. but i was playing with the fuzz imp shroot pedal with a uh, dwight shroot on it. it's fucking hilarious the labels instead of gain and uh, tone and volume are Beats, Bears, Battlestar Galactica. It's got Dwight on it. It's great. Made by a small company, Fuzz Amp. Go check them out on Instagram. But anyway, back to the Dead Boys. Fucking, I read Cheetah Chrome's book and right when it came out. I had it mailed to me because you could get books if they were like from a like supplier. And I, I read through it instantly. And I've read many punk rock books. Many. That one was the best. It was that was the it was so much detail uh, and um, he really like Stevie Jones is kind of quick and he only talks about the Sex Pistols for like two chapters. If you have the audiobook, the whole Sex Pistol section is like less than an hour. Cheetah goes into his beginnings, which are good. Also, some of the biographies, for example, Anarchy, Punk Rock, Sex Pistols, and Beyond. This is England or whatever it's called. They do so much ancestry of Malcolm McLaren. They talk about his grandparents fucking. Like, I don't need to go that far back in time. So Cheetah gives you some basis about his parents to show you how he grows up, but not too much. It talks about his childhood, going to Catholic school, being picked on for having orange hair, always being harassed, and being one of those people who you always hear from these old punk rock rock stars when you read their books. They always seem to find the few other people that they could form a band with because in your town there would only be two or three people who have heard of Iggy Pop and the Stooges or the New York Dolls and if they knew that band they became friends and that's basically what happened because Stiv 
and uh, not Stiv, excuse me, Cheetah and Johnny Blitz, guitar and drums, they had the Rocket to the Tomb band. They were they were friends. A lot of the Dead Boys songs are recycled Rocket from the Tombs songs, just like Leftover Crack is the leftovers from Choking Victim. So they kind of had some beef with Stiv Baders. It seems like a couple people didn't like Stiv. And Stiv's partner was Jimmy Zero, the uh, other guitarist. Jeff Magnum also comes along with them, but Jeff Magnum would leave the band while they were on tour regularly. He was missing a lot, so the book... He, he really wasn't that committed. He didn't want to move to New York when they transplanted. But Stiv and Cheetah were getting ready to fight, basically, like according to Cheetah. Like, they didn't like each other. They didn't really know each other, but people be talking shit. There was gossip, you know what I mean, going back and forth, back and forth. But then it was like, wait, you listen to the Stooges? You listen to the Stooges? And it was like, if you both listen to the Stooges, you just couldn't be enemies. And that's what happened, and they merged together and started what I believe was called Frankenstein, which is the original band for the Dead Boys. It, it might be another word in there too, but it might just be Frankenstein or The Frankenstein. But that was their original name. They played like a show or two as that, and uh, then they turned into the Dead Boys. Do you have something to say? Look like you're uh, I was just talking, thinking about the one punk rock book I've read. And what is that? Uh, no, I've read a couple. I'm currently reading... Uh, the biography of Ross from GBH. Oh yeah, you told me about that, right? Yeah. See, when you're done with that, you gotta you you, you gotta do something on that. Yeah, I don't do read very much. Yeah, see, that's the problem. See, I was reading when I was locked up. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, I got Amazon Audible, and like I listen to the shit out of that. If they throw that shit up on there, if it's on there, I will listen to the shit out of it, and these motherfuckers will hear it. But I do not have time to be reading actual books anymore yeah. but uh yeah so uh but yeah we're gonna so i would definitely recommend a dead boy's tale you know it gets in then to the uh here let me let me take a dab real quick dibbity dab drug addicts goddamn drug addicts <laughs> i can't find the button i'm looking for there it is it was labeled too. I am a little stoned. It's been a long, long day. I needed that day. It's been a long weekend. You know what I did at work today? Was I sat around with a broom? And oh, did I can't ever did that. nothing. I, I, I now, did nothing for like five hours. I am now the only person on my work crew. My boss can't keep employees, but it's great. He's like, you are the greatest worker. Kick it, and I'm getting all these compliments. And I framed out the lower level of this house practically by myself. The exterior walls. The past couple days, oh, god damn, I knocked that shit the fuck out. It was a bitch. I pretty much, I'm doing, it's just me and a 63-year-old guy lifting up like 500-pound headers up nine fucking feet in the air, climbing up scaffolds. Fucking, fucking great, though. Fucking great. It's working, and my days go fast. But, uh, yeah, so the Dead Boys, so they're in Ohio band, getting back on track here. And I got to get some working man wretched ones. But uh, the Dead Boys, so they're coming out of Ohio, and they start playing shows. They start developing their sound, but it's kind of like, you know, this city is dead. Like, we got to get out of here. And you hear... Even in the Talking Heads acceptance speech going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Talking Heads were right across the street from CBGB's, literally, but bands were driving to the Bowery because there was a place to play in the CBGB's. And the Dead Boys are one of those bands, and it's great because even more so it starts out with them not liking each other and then uniting over the stooges and then playing raunchy rock and roll, and then they need to get a couple states over. So what are they going to do? 
they steal a van. Because they don't own a van, so the dead boys got to steal a van from some girl one of them was fucking. They load it up with their gear, and that's how they make it to New York and show up on Hilly's doorstep. You know what I mean? Now, Hilly would regularly, you know, CBGB, you know, country, bluegrass, and blues. And a lot of the bands he was hearing, he would be like, God damn, they're awful, but you can play. He actually loved the dead boys he took a liking to them he thought that they were more than punk they were a rock and roll band and they are to me but that is punk to me you know what i mean the dead boys with the ramones but the dead boys really are son of a the core the the soul of american snotty punk rock to me you know what i mean like it was like the american sex pistols you know i have a joey ramone tattoo my daughter's name is sheena but it was just like the the dead boys took punk rock more to that dirty violent strangle bloody blow jobs on stage you know what i mean i had to fast forward that part watching it with my kids i'm like oh this is the call with your meat in your mouth why are you fast forwarding don't worry but don't worry about it it's not because someone has whipped creams on their tits and starts blowing the singer while he's singing that's not why <laughs> and uh but uh yeah so uh I so you know we've been doing this thing for a while because now I'm going to transition from the book to the movie and uh, the book really continues on with the rest of Cheetah's life and uh, I'm going to bounce back and forth between the CBGB's movie and um, the Cheetah Chrome book because I'll tell you why as we get there now. Uh, the book, the way it goes on, it goes on to Cheetah Chrome later in life, him really getting strung out, being a junkie, partying with Johnny Thunders. But I will say, when I was I was on a bad bid, it was a long bid, you know what I mean? It was like the third time I was there. And when I got this book, and the first pages are, I got a knock at my door, and it's Stiv Bader's, oh, I'm going to fuck this up now. It's Dee Dee Ramone and Stiv. Steve, or maybe, and he's like, why are they here so early? And they walk down to CBGB's and they get him a beer and they say, sit down. It's Johnny Thunders and Dee Dee. They say, sit down. And they tell him Stiv's dead. And it's just, that's the first couple pages of the book. It's the intro. And I know I fucked up the names there, but what it was, Johnny Thunders and Dee Dee Ramone, two of my idols, Coming to see Cheetah Chrome of the Dead Boys. That's the first pages. Walking down to CBGB because he's living in uh, St. Mark's. And uh, they walk down and they tell him Stib's dead. He got hit by a car in like France leaving a recording studio or whatever. And then the book then goes, he talks about going home and then shooting up and nodding out. And you know what I mean? And... But then it goes back to the beginnings, his childhood. And then you get to the end of the book. And a lot of people don't realize this. But the Dead Boys might not be up and running in any style of any fashion if it was not for Guns N' Roses. Because this is according to Cheetah's book. That's Guns N' Roses covering um, uh, uh, Ain't It Fun on the Spaghetti Incident. So they had to pay for the royalties. Cheetah owns all the royalties. He got checks for years, the first one being $40,000. And they stayed that big for years. And he still gets checks to this day from one song, 
that Guns N' Roses covered and made him richer than he's ever been. And that's why he was able to re-release the rock in it from the Tombs albums. That's why he was able to straighten up his life. That's why he was able to really, not that he was uh, he was a junkie on the streets. He had apartments and was couch surfing. That's really what got him off the streets. That's what got him his wife and into N.A. and straightened out his life, grew up being married. If it wasn't for Guns N' Roses idolizing him and that band coming out, he would have just been a broke has been junkie and he was able to really start rebuilding his life because of the amount of money he pulled in from them covering that one song and slash and duff being actual punk rockers duff used to be in the farts and uh that whole album plenty of people want to talk shit on it and i of course love it guns and roses covers the Sex Pistols, the Dead Boys, Johnny Thunders, the New York Dolls, the UK Subs, the Misfits, Fear. I absolutely love it. They cover uh, Nazareth, Hair of the Dog. They cover the Skyliners. but uh, They cover Charles Manson. It's mostly the punk songs. Duff does um, every part on You Can't Put Your Eyes Around a Memory, uh, Your Arms Around a Memory by Johnny Thunders. But... Um, like, a lot of those songs, the first versions I ever heard was when I was six and seven years old listening to the Skitty Incident because I knew who Guns N' Roses were, but I didn't know who the New York Dolls were. You know what I mean? And uh, they, they cover Iggy Pop. And uh, so that's how the book then ends. And looking at the movie, see, so the Dead Boys are a major focus in the CBGB's movie. Now, uh, the CBGB's movie stars Alan Rickman, and it's a high-budget film. It's got the kid from Harry Potter. It's uh, People get all pissed off about that. It's got um, that hot chick from the Adam Sandler's grown-up movies, one of uh, Rob Snyder's daughter. She plays Debbie Harry, a fucking gorgeous blonde girl in the bikini. So, and uh, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. I didn't realize that was him. He plays Iggy Pop. It's great. He you just know died I mean? recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, it, it's. I, I really like the movie. I love any. Like, if you're telling me that you love the Ramones and punk rock and the Dead Boys as much as I do, and to see a movie filmed at CBGB's with people portraying Joey, Dee Dee, Johnny, Richard Hell. Uh, there's no Johnny Thunders, but Cheetah Chrome, Johnny Blitz. You don't want to see that. If that doesn't sound amazing to you, there's just something wrong. And I'm sorry, I know plenty of the history and plenty of it's accurate. And there's a couple things that are changed slightly that are inaccurate, but they're, they're not that important. For instance, Hilly Crystal takes on managing the Dead Boys. The way the movie portrays it is basically he signs the Dead Boys not paying the CBGB's rent, getting shooken down by the mobs, Hell's Angels coming in to protect them and save them, and then he takes the money, not paying the rent, invested into a Dead Boys album because he thinks they're the next big thing, but the problem is Cheetah. Cheetah is just too big of a fuck-up, and he's not reliable, and he's basically the Sid Vicious of the Dead Boys, you know what I mean? He's the Izzy Stradlin of Guns N' Roses, and people are scared because of Cheetah. They think he's going to die. They think he's going to go to jail. They think he's going to ruin everything. But Hilly believes in him against his daughter's advice and his friends who keep, because Hilly had had multiple bankruptcies opening clubs. He had two already. The movie starts out with him in court declaring bankruptcy. And then he's borrowing money from his mother to open CBGBs. But basically everyone he knows is in there for free, drinking for free. His daughter's like, you're going to lose this place. He takes the money invested in the dead boys. They make it like they're recording Young, Loud, and Snot 
Snotty and everything goes haywire. That is not at all accurate. The Dead Boys record Young, Loud, and Snotty. They go on tour. Um, it comes on out on, I believe, Sire. But what really sucks for them, in my opinion, top three greatest album of all time, one of the most impactful albums of my life, right up there with Like a Motherfucker by Johnny Thunders. The Dead Boys, though, one huge flaw in that record is the terrible backing vocals by Jimmy Zero singing like, oh, someone stepping on his nuts. Sonic producer, ain't no loser. I want you to know what love is. In every single track. The reason why that's happening is because that great, priceless, one-of-a-kind recording of raunchy rock and roll history anthems was a demo. That whole album was recorded as a demo. The label didn't want to give them problems with Cheetah and shit, didn't want to invest any more money for them to re-record it, and uh, so those vocals would have been edited out, but they weren't edited out because it was just a demo, a rough, uh, what do you call it, the, the scratch tracks and all that is right. what they thought they were doing. So there's Jimmy Zero on a bad mix. I want you to know, come with me in your mouth, <laughs> sounds terrible he's 10 times louder than Stiv and like just as high as possible like trying to do a prince impersonation like you know what I mean and um uh but um so they make it like that that's not what happens the dead boys so the the way the movie depicts it is the dead boys are getting ready to release young loud and snotty and then it cuts to them being in like a little bodega and literally the dead boys trying to protect some innocent people getting attacked and robbed. And uh, I've told many a young kids who are trying to be tough that like you shouldn't be carrying a knife if you don't know how to use a knife. Because if you ever get into a fight with a knife and you don't know how to use a knife, it's going to end up out of your hand in their hand and in your body. And that is precisely what happens to Johnny Blitz who gets stabbed 17 times and stays in the hospital for over a year. Now, they make it like with him going to the hospital, the dead boys can't tour, can't do shows, and the band breaks up. That is kind of true. However, that's during the second album, but I imagine for screen time, they don't talk at all about the second album, they make it like it's the first album. This is all produced by Genya Raven, and um, Hilly Crystal sends him down to Florida to record We Have Come For Your Children. Cheetah Chrome, there's a part in the book where he is all fucked up, screaming and crying, his own words, screaming and crying on a payphone, saying Stiv is destroying the dead boys. These producers, I think the second one wasn't produced by Genya. The producers are destroying the record. This is not the Dead Boys. It does not sound right. Stiv and Jimmy Zero were all about power pop, and Cheetah was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Now, as an avid, I love the Dead Boys. It is very clear. The first album, far superior to the second. Don't get me wrong. There's classic tracks, great tracks on the second album. The first album, far superior. And Cheetah knew it, and he hated the songs, he hated the mix, and things were getting real bad. That's when Johnny Blitz gets stabbed. So they do have a semi-successful tour, and it's real fun reading about it in the book, because this they don't depict this in the movie, but in the book, the Dead Boys, like... They're doing that punk rock anarchy that when you're 16, you want to hope they're doing. They're going and they're they're pulling. What's that porn star's name? What's her name? Lydia Lunch. 
or something like that. That's what I need lunches about. That's about them pulling a train on a porn star in a hotel on tour. <laughs> like, that's what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Oh my God, I remember the first stab show. Oh my God, do I remember the first stab show. We gotta hit that button. Like, my first stab show, we gotta hit that like seven times. We gotta hit that like seven times, all right? But, um, so they're doing stuff like that. They're saying how they walk into this one hotel and all the artwork is bolted to the walls with screws. They said, Cheetah said, I legit, I don't think we would have fucked with the artwork at all if it had not been screwed to the walls. But because it was screwed to the walls, we had to take it all down and steal all the artwork. And they're doing stuff like The Who and smashing TVs and being wild punk rockers, which nowadays you would get canceled for and be called a drama queen yeah. and probably a Nazi one way or another <laughs> or like a drug addict. And uh, yeah, because, you know, you believe in having fun yeah. and like, you know, none of that. Nowadays, punk rock, you need to sit there and be polite and respectful. And you should be polite and respectful to um, kind people who deserve it. But I'm um, sorry, guys. Punk rock's always going to be about debauchery, wildness, and doing what I want to do for me. And you can pry that from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> like, but uh, yes. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. But yes. So uh, yeah, Dead Boys, they are definitely, to me, like if you look up 70s U.S. punk there's a picture of Stiv with a mic cord wrapped around his neck wearing a black and white striped t-shirt and Cheetah's in a woman's v-neck with his horrible hair. FYI, Cheetah would always have the center of his head shaped. Ah, no, he didn't. Got ripped out by the police while he was a minor getting the shit kicked out of him in Ohio. Ripped out the center of his hair and it never grew back that terrible orange hair of his that he was always made fun of for. Poor it's guy. Really, yeah, dude. He had a rough, rough life. He uh, talks about seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan show for the first time, as many other musicians do of that age group, that making him notice the electric guitar and wanting to be a rock star and a musician. But uh, yeah, so the movie, though, isn't just the Dead Boys. It really f focuses on Hilly, and uh, there's a big chunk on television with them being the first band to play there. There's a nice-sized chunk on the Ramones, not as big as the Dead Boys. The Ramones are fun. It's good, and it's great. Classic story. The Ramones only had four songs when they uh, go to try out at CBGB's, and all four of them are titled, I don't want to, you know, go to the basement. <laughs> I don't want to walk around with you. you know, I don't want to live. And Hilly goes, is there anything you want to do? And they go, we're working on one right now called, I want to sniff some glue. <laughs> like, yes, yes. But anyway, so the Ramones only got four songs. It's a four-man band. They go on stage at CBGB's. One, two, three, four. DD classic Ramon style, and all four of them go into a different song. <laughs> Each person played a different song of only four songs they could have picked. What are the odds of that? And Johnny, of course, they just cut right to him. Fuck this shit, you motherfuckers. He's all pissed <laughs> off and angry. You know, he would be 86 and kicked out of punk rock and a drama queen and yeah. a Nazi. But yes, yes, yes. But flips out and it's just so classic because, you know, the dude who plays Joey is like that awkward guy. If you remember the guy, you remember oh, uh, dodgeball, Vince Vaughn, dodgeball. Yes. You remember the guy... <laughs> 
there's a pirate on our team, the nerdy guy, the skinny nerdy guy. He's the one who plays Joey Ramone, and he's got like yeah. this long wig on, yeah. and and he's great. And there's like a classic scene too where he's sitting at like it's kind of like talked about a lot that Steve Bader's would jerk off in the chili and Hilly's chili all the time. There's very bad things about the food at CBGB's, and I have eaten at CBGB's, but it was in the basement, and it was oven pizza, and it was way later, but yeah, <laughs> but there are plenty of stories you of Steve Bader's jerk off chili? jerking off in the chili, and just people, that, it was always junkies making it, because Hilly was a good guy, he'd try and hire like you know, junkies to work for him, and he wasn't even, you, you gotta stay clean, and blah. he was just like like trying to protect them and trying right. to help them out. You know what I mean? So things would be real fucked up. But there's this great scene where Hilly's mom f comes to the bar and, you know, like the dead boys are playing and it's packed and it's like chaos. And she's sitting there eating the chili. And uh, it's the woman, it's Jerry Stiller's wife, the woman from Seinfeld who plays uh, somebody's mom. What's he playing? Jerry's mom? Jerry And Jerry Stiller, is that Jerry's dad or is that. Jerry um, Stiller plays. Si um Jerry Stiller was on... George's dad. Was on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Y yeah, I know, but he was in Seinfeld, too. Uh, was uh, he? Yeah. I, I don't he watch plays, he, I'm pretty. He plays one of their fathers, and she's the mother, and it's great. Joey walks up to her, and he goes, he sees her eating the chili, and he goes, you know, they say Stiff Bader's jerks off into that chili, and she goes, I've had worse in my mouth. <laughs> Like, like 60-year-old woman, 80-year-old woman. Yeah, I mean, fucking classic. And, uh, yeah, I highly recommend the movie, man. Great soundtrack. And uh, they get into Legs McNeely and the uh, the punk fanzine. And um, it's great. They show lots of the artwork from the punk fanzine. If you're watching on uh, Facebook, I have the Joey Ramone tattoo, which is the cover of, like, the third issue, I believe. Single digits, second or third issue. The first one is Lou Reed, but they show it in there if flashes on the screen my kids are like oh there's your tattoo there's joey it was great and uh yeah there's there's some really awesome parts i'm trying to th i say the bands they get into the most television then the ramones then the dead boys but you know blondie's in there iggy pops in there and um the they the, it ends with sting and fucking, I fucking hate Patti Smith, but you know, Patti Smith and uh, some of the characters look really great. Uh, I mean, Hilly Crystal, Alan Rickman, you know, R.I.P. by the way, but uh, he, he pulled off a good Hilly. He looked good. I, I, he looked good. And uh, yeah, it's cool. They get into like why the boots came out and Hilly's dog. And it's really fun, guys. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth it. It's on Amazon Prime. Go stream it right now. Hilly Crystal's daughter's fine as fuck in the movie. So like, you know what I mean? I've seen it one time, but it was an enjoyable watch. The, the, the chick who plays Debbie is fucking flamingly hot. Fucking the chicks take their shirts off and put on whipped cream and blow stiv. So fucking great. So fucking great. I wish, I wish, I know some of the people listen. Everybody probably listen to this. Is real motherfucker. But oh my God, am I tired of the pussy ass motherfuckers from nowadays complaining? Pussy ass motherfuckers. Scared of everything. Anti everything. You can't do that. I'm offended. Fuck off. Fuck off. Or at least like get rid of your fucking 
dead boys patch like go go put on some like emo band patches or or go put on some like christian rock because that's really <laughs> what i feel like minus the whole like hating the gays you know what i mean like i really feel like it's like so what are we here for are we all here to be like good people and make sure everybody thinks we're honest upstanding citizens because then just go to fucking church get out of the basement of the church where the punk show is. I don't think the church people the are the uh, up, upstanding citizens, to be honest, a lot of the time. Oh, I agree, but you know the metaphor I'm making. But <laughs> yeah. Exactly, though. And neither are these people that are like, oh my God, that's not allowed in punk rock. They just want to point the finger at somebody. And I'd rather be real. It's you know, more fun that I way. I read a Facebook post from the lead singer of Who Killed Spiky Jacket, and apparently the last time he was in L.A., he made some... Comments. He didn't. He didn't elaborate, but he made. Oh, some did com- he have to walk them back? He he made some comments apparently that uh, broke the rules and like. But how did he handle it? Did he say sorry? Did he say fuck off? He said, "If you're gonna hate me, you're gonna hate me. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have said what I said. Uh, blah good. blah blah. This good. that, that sounds thing. like I know. I don't know him personally, but like I see some things where I'm like, yeah, me and this guy have different opinions on things. But I gotta say. I don't know what he said, just throwing it out. But that's how I'd handle it. I, I like the way it sounds like he handled it. Yeah, just uh, throwing it out there because uh, they're out there in L.A. with the blanks right now. And it's funny too because we used to talk so much shit because of the shit that happened, and now it's all better. It's all better, and it's great. I'm very happy. It's yeah. all better. Listen, sometimes shit goes down, and it doesn't mean uh, he he went on to talk about like cancel culture, and he he says uh, something about how he. he do, Cancel culture is becoming an over uh, an over politicized and loaded term. The only thing I'm okay with canceling, but this is but there's more to it, is like Nazis and like sex offenders, people who hurt children. Yeah. But you also can't just be like, What? You didn't vote Democrat? You're a Nazi. Yeah. Like I'm not down with that either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's really what sucks but yeah i mean short of being like an absolute like an actual racist or someone who hurts women and children and and gays and stuff like i don't think he's a nazi do whatever so. the fuck oh no he's i don't think i'm not making that point at all <laughs> but i'm saying i'm very against cancel culture unless it's like sex based or race based cuz that shit can't fly you yeah know? yeah so we're going to play some who killed spiky jacket next yeah, sure. Uh, I don't really know their tracks, so tell me what I should play, Sean. Um, what do you get? You put it up YouTube or Spotify? Uh, whichever you prefer, my man. Uh, let's do YouTube. And what track you want? I want to hear. Uh, who gives a shit? All right, now you've seen Spiky Jacket a couple times. I've Talk seen about them a couple him. times. Um, I've seen videos of their shows where they shoot off like bottle rockets and shit, and like, uh, not silly string. Um, fireworks Fireworks and shit Yeah What song did you want by the way? Who gives a shit Okay um, The couple times I've seen them That didn't happen though Well there was Well I think it's a mixed thing There was fireworks Outside of the Florida thing And cause they were playing At uh, We Are The Punks 3 And yeah. um, I heard people whispering about it And what it really is Is like This is gonna sound Pussy as hell on my part but it's a problem, do you know what I mean? Because it is very unsafe, and it's the clubs that generally don't like it. And then especially with, uh, who was it, Great White, with that whole building burning down and shit. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to, and what it is, because I was there and I heard people like whispering to the people playing the show, yo, we got firecrackers, is it cool? And it's like, nah, dude, 
don't do that because it really comes down. And sometimes you can, but I really think people were like talking shit on them for it. So it seems like people, because what it really comes down to, it's like, you know, being rude doesn't make you punk rock. It just makes you an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's the same thing. Like, if there's too many fights at shows, there's, sure, there's some guy like me booking the show, but I don't own the venue, and they're gonna not let the shows come back if that happens too much. Right. Same thing. An owner hears fireworks going off in a bar. 99 out of 100 owners are gonna be like, what in the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, no, we want Who Killed Spiky Jacket to come back next year. So right. I think, because same thing, that's also, I was like, Renee, whatever happened with the water gun? And that's 30, 100 times tamer than fireworks inside. Right. And she was like, uh, yeah, we kind of had to stop bringing it because, you know, things would get wet and clubs would complain and then the monitors and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, can't be fucking up the club. You know what I mean? It's funny. Some of the bullshit. I want to see who killed Spiky Jacket with fireworks, though. <laughs> I, want, I want that much chaos at a set. But see, you're going to get a show like that in L.A. Yeah. That's going to be a house wonder, show. Yes. That's going to be a basement show. Yes. But when you're playing in a bar and there's a sound man and monitors and not most owners, regardless of who's throwing the show, are going to be like, are you out of your fucking mind? So the guy who's in the middle is going to be like, hey, guys, not trying to be a pussy, but can we can we do the fireworks outside? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I've had yeah. to do that. Yeah. And like, I want that much chaos at a show, though. I want to see a show. But with that's that your chaos. basement show. Yes. That's what I mean, dude. Yeah. Like, I bet you if Who Killed Spiky Jacket played at the building, they might let there be some firecrackers. They might yeah. not. But they would ask Ivan or whoever, and he would say it, and then they would. I think that's what happened. I think okay. kind of like, and it's good, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sitting here saying, like, don't be a pussy, but not being a pussy doesn't mean you got to be a tough guy asshole. I am not right. a tough guy. If you talk some shit to me, no, I'm I'm going to talk a thousand shit back and get real pissed off, and we'll see what happens. But I'm never the person who's going to a show looking for a fight. I'm looking to have fun Punks and probably and skins get aren't looking for a fight. Yeah. Punks and, and skins just want to have, have some, some fun. fun. And yeah. to me... That's drinking beer and shooting fireworks at a Who Kills Spiky Jacket That be said, if you want to talk shit out the side of your neck, yeah, I, I'm going to bring out, it up. We can step outside. I'm going to bring it up. Which is another thing Maybe about- Maybe if it's Jason another thing about like, Yeah, which is another thing about like, going back to like the cancel culture shit. Like, I, people that say like punk rock is a safe space, it's a safe space in that it's- For it's, all for walks all, of life. For all walks of life, you are welcome. You could come to the show. Please come to the show. Yes. Have fun. Be with us because we are a community. But that doesn't mean that if some some motherfucker is rude a little, is is drunk, is being a drunk asshole and pushing you around and calling you out and shit like that, that doesn't mean you can't step outside. And it doesn't mean you should get canceled for it because you did. Either one of them. Exactly. Even the asshole who started the fight, short on some like racist, homophobic. Even the dude who's drunk and wrong, like, if if he doesn't, like, go on a stabbing spree, like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Calm, calm the fuck down. Please. Like, did he punch some asshole like me in the face? I'll, I'll get back up. Like, he, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Change your diaper. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you're better off with that whole COVID internet show thing. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe you should be at home watching on your phone, you know what I mean? Because I, I do feel like 
that really is a thing now. I feel like it's kind of like the, the whole sports environment thing now, how like the game is more comfortable at home and they're churning now the stadiums at sports arenas, especially football, more of a home experience. Because I've been to plenty of games. You can't see shit half the time. You don't get all the replays, as many camera angles. You don't have the strategy in your ears. You don't have play-by-play. That's what I mean, exactly. I couldn't think of the term play-by-play. And people realize that, especially in gambling nowadays. And they're trying to create it at the stadium. And I real fe- really feel like that that's what plenty of people, you know, they want to watch CBGBs, but they're too much of a pussy to live CBGBs. And I'm sorry, people, uh, this, is, uh, this is a newer opinion of mine because of some stuff that's going on constantly. But And I'm not talking to the people listening to this per se. I'm not talking to any specific, well, maybe a few specific people per se, but it's just something I see a lot of. I'm sorry, we're really involved in the scene, and it really is, especially with the stuff going on. You can see who's who, because people come up to you and be like, is X, Y, and Z true? And they're like, oh my God, that is some bitch shit. Like, that is some, and it's just lame. It just kind of ruins the whole party. It's like, go to your mom's, go watch on Facebook. Stop being a pussy. Like, you know what I mean? You're not even, and it's funny because it's always from people who, it's, it's not even the people that are actually involved. It's outsiders. It's yeah. people who are watching. It's people who are scrolling through Facebook. It's not even people who actually, like, know you. Like, they kind of, you know what I mean? And it's like, then they want to say that, like, Katie Chaos is the drama queen or Andrew Bedlam. It's like, Who's on the other end of this stick? Is it, is it you? I think we're in the same boat at a minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I'm sorry, man. It's always going to be wild debauchery. You watch that CBGB's movie. You listen to that A Dead Boy's Tale book. And that's the life Andrew's trying to live. I already did the whole dope thing. I'm over it. So I even got that, that chapter of the book done and in the back. Like, nah, dude. Nah, I'm trying, and I'm not going to lie. So many people don't understand this, don't believe this, but I really said what got me off hard drugs, like, you know what I mean? What got me off dope was wanting to party. I came up with an idea for Pogo City on my 21st birthday. I was in the hole. I wasn't even in regular jail. I was in the hole on my 21st birthday. I wrote that Irish drinking song that I have. And it was the day the Giants kicked off the opening season because they won the 04 Super Bowl, or the the, the first Super Bowl with Strahan, the, the third Super Bowl. And so they had the opening game on September 4th. And I came up with the idea of Pogo City. And I was thinking it was gonna be like a club or a label, you know what I mean? Like it was a city of Pogo. And here you got me thinking Pogo City Radio was my idea. No, you added the radio. But uh, you said, whatever it is, it should have radio at the end. It always sounds cool. But you cooler. said, I said we should record this while we were talking. And- no, but I mean, but listen, I mean, that this, so you cut me off right as I was clearing this up. <laughs> I was thinking of Pogo City as a club uh, or a record label. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. And I came up with the recording part. Yeah, but okay, the, gotcha. but of the the Pogo City idea of because Pogo City Radio is the podcast, but Pogo City is bigger than Pogo City Radio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, but so 
I was like, and even though I didn't get it right when I got out on that bid, I had a couple more bids, but some things were planted on me on that bid. And it was like, no, I remember, because I could literally remember getting texts, and I wasn't as close with Renee back then, getting texts from Renee being like, we are playing in your town tonight, I better see you. And then I don't show up because I'm in Newark waiting for someone to cop and we need money and just missing the entire show of my favorite band when it's like down the street from my house and now it's like, fuck you, I know what you're doing. And it's like, no, now I'm in jail. It's like, if I wasn't doing that shit, what would I be doing? I'd be at a punk rock show. I'd be playing bass. I'd be, you know what I mean? And it was literally wanting to get back to partying because I'm sorry, nodding out on dope in the corner also not partying partying is what's going on in that CBGB's movie partying is me at the exploited show the other week which FYI Jamie Chaos I was missing my phone Jamie Pickslide I was missing my phone sorry I didn't get back to you right away yo he had a video he's got the security video from the exploited show when the dude pulls out the sword he sent me the fucking video Fucking, if you guys, I'll, I'll have to send it to you. I gotta send it to Renee. But Jamie got it one way or another. And uh, thanks, my man. I definitely watched it. But uh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I could see that guy getting thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, yeah, people, I mean, I'm just, it's gonna be fun being at them, them dead boys show. And you wanna know what else is funny, dude? When, when I had the last show at Area 81, there were six fights that I wasn't involved in. Six fights. And everybody's like, oh, we need to be safe. This is scary. It's all Andrew's fault. I'm like, how are you in these fights? I didn't have nothing to do with that I mean, shit. I may have been the cause of like two of the fights. Like they may have involved me in the, the <laughs> drama aspect, but not the other four. And there were literally six. <laughs> it's so much fun when you're playing and you're getting ready to go up and you're like, fuck, I got a tune. My hands are numb. I have to warm up. And they're like, Andrew, the band's got no vocals that's out there right now. And then they're like, Andrew, so-and-so and so-and-so are beating the shit out of the parking lot and their daughters are there. And it's like, oh, fuck. It's like, I need to play. I need to help the band on stage. And there's the, the fifth fight outside. And it's like, this is a fucking nightmare. And here I am telling people to go wild and have crazy. But I'm just not playing and throwing the show at the same time. Still encouraging you to have a good time. We don't have to kill everyone at the show. I'm not saying I want fights and all, but let's have a good time, people. Let's have a good fucking time. Let's be wild. My ideal shows have zero fights, but lots of fun. Yes. But still that loving, chaotic violence of punk rock. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Bottle rockets. Like people get knocked on the floor and picked back get up. Get picked, picked back up. Do you know what I mean? That, yes. But I know nowadays exactly you what you mean. Do that. You can't do that. You can't do that nowadays. Dude, I got to tell you something off mic. Something I don't. I was brought up. It was so funny. It was somebody. I was. Oh, I got to tell you something off mic. We're gonna <laughs> play, play a song. We're, we're gonna play Who Killed Spiky Jacket. They are uh, on a short little tour with Blank Seventy Seven right now. Go back into the archives. There are plenty of episodes with Renee. Check out her most recent one, Pistols Pogo, where we talk about their new seven inch, my new seven inch, and a huge part on the Hulu mini series of the Sex Pistols. Go check it out. Who killed Spike? Jacket up next. Who gives a shit? Andrew fucking shit up. Andrew fuck. I may have fucked up here. Who killed Spiky Jacket?
Who killed Spiky Jacket coming off the, uh, I think it's on the Beer Stormtrooper EP. I own that EP. I love that EP. You know how I love Who Killed Spiky Jacket so much? I don't take this <laughs> seriously. And I've told you this like a thousand times. Andrew's I love like, anything that's fun loving punk rock. That's awesome. Yes. And well, that's a that's the good, straightforward, hard-hitting punk rock tune to me. Yes, yes. I, I, I like punk rock bands. <laughs> I, I enjoy punk rock music. <laughs> but yes. Okay, so uh, speaking of punk rock music, I have got to get some playing in. You know what I mean? I was playing before you got here, fucking around on the guitar, rewiring up some pedals, been setting up shit differently. I have been turning my house upside down, reorganizing Pogo, the back closet, my basement, my bedroom. Renee brought me mad dressers and cabinets. And it's like, dude, it started out with, I need to organize Pogo to, well, that means I need to clean out the back closet. So that means if I'm going to save this shit, I need to move it into the basement, which means I need to clean the basement, which was a fucking nightmare. And it's just moving gear and throwing shit out and flipping shit and bringing cabinets up. I was up till two o'clock in the morning last night carrying dressers up and down the stairs by myself, being like, I'm going to put it on this floor in here. And then being like, oh no. And then ended up with it all the way in Pogo to only bring it back down to the living room, being like, yeah, I'm just going to keep them in the dining room, <laughs> carrying them all over my house, throwing out mad shit. Yo, it looked like my house was a job site the past two weeks and next week because I'm still not done for garbage show. Like my whole back parking spot of my garage that's the big as a car just filled with garbage just filled with garbage fucking insane but it's crazy yo you walk in that room we got this giant board on the table and just like i got all the bases on a rack there i in the back there i got all the boards lined up it takes up like the whole god damn wall i was just sitting there staring at all the knobs i'm like holy shit all my my mixers take up like literally the entire wall of like this 10 foot area like this is insane and like i'm like it's like i'm just staring at like Nicki minaj like twerking like an inch away from my face and like i'm just like what in the fuck and like uh yes yes it's definitely a shaboing swing she has a big old butt yeah that's what i was getting at that's what I was getting at. Yo, you know that fucking psycho Trump supporter, the uh, hot, I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck. She is hot as fuck, that Lauren Bo Boebert chick. Not Marjorie Taylor Greene, not Jewish space lasers. lasers. No. The brunette, sexy, fucking librarian glasses. She owns this real rednecky bar, Shooters. She's in Congress now, it's fucking sad. Fucking, she owns this bar, Shooters, where she encourages all the chicks to like carry arms she said this week that if jesus had an ar-15 he wouldn't have been crucified <laughs> she wasn't, literally wait hold on a second hold on a second that's wasn't that the, I saw wasn't her that the point it, come wasn't out of her jesus, sexy mouth wasn't jesus Thank supposed you. to get crucified there would be no christian religion then i'm sorry i was like bitch that would have unmade the entire religion you don't know what the fuck you're talking about there would be no born again christianity there would be if no that christians was the case. what are you talking about and if you really want to get into the book there would be no no gateway to heaven then what are you talking about bitch and on top of that 
on top of that, if, if Jesus had an AR, what? <laughs> what? And what if the Romans had AR-15s? <laughs> then, the, oh, then Jesus would have been dead and all the disciples <laughs> and all the innocent bystanders. <laughs> but anyway, yo, that bitch is fine as fuck. Crazy. Oh, my God. She'd be freaking the sack. I can tell. She reminds me of this crazy bitch I was banging. Nuts. Trump supporter. Nuts. But oh, my God. But yeah. On this show, we don't care if you support Trump. If you're hot. Well, fuck you. <laughs> but but anyway, dude, she's she's denying it. It's probably lies, but it's 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 sad because it's probably lies. But maybe it's true. She uh, there's people running ads against her because it's uh, primary season, saying that she was a call girl, like she was an escort, like they're saying. Oh, so let's see, because that 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 Madison Hathorn handle that jockey looking frat boy who looks like a football player and then you're like oh my god he's in a wheelchair and it catches you off guard and then you're like he's like 25 and in congress and then you're like oh my god he's so anti-gay and then he's like oh my god he's so totally gay oh my god and it was a smear campaign against him and all this stuff was released and there's he literally was a gay man against against gay well what he is is he's like that frat boy type like you know what i mean but they and he's very Trump and he's very anti-trans and he's very outspoken and he's like oh, a man is a man and a woman is, and he's all like that and he's very comes across against the gays and all that but he's the one who said and this is just ridiculous dude he, he listens, he's like a frat boy but he's in a wheelchair he said that the senior members of Congress, like the people in their 70s, people like, you know, Mitch McConnell and uh, Lindsey uh, Graham, that they came up to him and asked him to join a gay orgy and have key bumps of cocaine. And he said this, like, nationally. Like, it was on a podcast, but it made national news. And it was, like, this huge thing. He said that the Republicans in Congress, the old people, are doing blow and having gay orgies. Then the Republicans ran an open smear campaign against him where he was caught uh, dressed up like a woman in, like, a teddy and, like, a corset and lipstick all over his face. There's, there's like, video of him, because of, he's got an aide because he's in a wheelchair, of him telling him to grab his passion and his aide starts grabbing his cock and like the 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 the, the, the handicapped person's cock and there's and it was all released and it's because he's so anti-gay but he was um there's like video of him taking his nuts and putting it on like somebody's passed out face like you know what i mean like frat boy Christ. shit so and republicans are taking credit for it they're saying yeah it was a smear campaign and i'm damn glad i was part of it like they ran him out of town so if this Lauren Boebert, maybe it's not true, but if it is true, could you imagine if they start running that kind of campaign against her? Because they did it to him like slowly. It was like one week, it was the dress pictures. One week, it was him shoving his nuts in a dude's face. The next week, it was a, a dude shoving his hand on his dick. You know what I mean? And if they're saying this and they're going to, maybe it's another, maybe it's a similar thing. And then it'll be like, up, oh, here's a picture of her. Up, oh, here's this. And there, there's that. And now I'm sure people are listening. And uh, being like, well, what's wrong if she was a call girl? What's wrong is this is a chick who's very anti-abortion, very anti-free marriage. So there's plenty of things wrong with this woman now trying to police other people's bodies. So, yeah, that is what the issue would be. You know what's <laughs> so funny? You know what's so funny about politics? This is why I, 
I follow politics, but I hate them at the exact same time. I'm just talking about the gossip. I'm not actually listen, talking about the political. Listen, listen. You got you got people on the left saying mandatory vaccines for all, but they're the oh, same. No. But That's they're the no. they're the same people that are saying my body, my choice. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm fucking saying. But then you got people on the right that are very pro pro life saying you shouldn't be able to get an abortion. That's but then they're saying. saying, my body, my choice, I don't need to get a vaccine if I don't want to. Like, I'm not going to, you, you can't have somebody who was a call girl saying, you can't have an abortion. I'm sorry, it's just ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? I have no issue with her being a call girl if she was a Democrat. Do you know what I mean? Because they're a little bit more, more for sex workers and, like, you know, free love and all that. But, like, this girl is, like, Trump's biggest, like, her, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're, like, the hardcore Trumpists. And, like, they're very anti free sex things. So, yes, it would be quite controversial if it came out that she was a hooker. Like, and <laughs> that she's fine as hell. <laughs> she is. You gotta look her up. She's just like your typical long hair, brunette, parted in the middle, caddy, glasses, skinny, white, broad. You know what I mean? But it's so librarian porn. She's so, like, MILF librarian porn. There's nothing but, wrong yeah. with librarian porn. Yeah, no, she's total librarian porn. Total. I think I have a porno that's called, like, librarians or something. I mean, or, I have no, the maybe internet. it's, like, cheerleaders or something. I don't know. <laughs> I have no. I have very I, different. I uh, literally have porn DVDs. I mean, I did back in the day, but I, I don't even have a DVD player. Dude, on my wedding night, or not my not my wedding night, on my honeymoon, me and Mary bought so much porn. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember going to the sex <laughs> shop on my wedding night. I knew, we went down. on. To, we bought so much porn. We went to the we shop. So much we porn. spent like hundreds of dollars on porn shit. <laughs> And we don't even watch those shits anymore. Uh, well, Sean's like, well, I do. But <laughs> <laughs> and that's why no, I, just, a I use baby. my phone like a normal person. That's now. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the internet. Thank God for the internet. Yeah. Thank God for the internet. Porn. Uh, yeah. For that, you know, porn leads like all of film, though. Like when you hear like a when 720 came out, when DVDs, when 1080p, it was always porn to do it first. Yeah, porn leads the um, like movie industry as far as technology. That goes. makes sense. And I remember laughing. We were on the bus in like football practice when I'm in like ninth grade, and somebody's like, "Yo, I got this porn DVD," and I'm like, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "So we can hear the screams in HD quality." <laughs> it was like, but it always is porn that uh, you know kind of sets the movie industry. They they seem to always bring the next thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like in innovation, it always seems to hit porn first. So, uh, yes. cheers to them. Porn. 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 <laughs> Let's play some fucking music. We're going to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I got more stoned as we went on. Kind of. We, we had a point. We had some rants. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Who are we playing, Sean? Uh, who do you want to hear? I'm trying to make sure we yeah, I think we talked about everything I had noted. I don't fucking care, man. I don't even fucking Let's know. play some uh, Chernobyl Babies. Chernob I, I saw you post that on your yeah, Facebook. Yeah, let's play Chernobyl Babies. Let's play Class Whoa. 04. We don't want to fight a war? Yeah. Yeah, okay, guys. Yo, so you know, yo, get this, right? Yes. My dad calls me. Okay. And I'm in the middle of doing something when he calls me, so I don't see the phone call. He leaves me a voicemail. He's like, 
Sean, uh, Judy, his wife, says, I saw, or Judy just informed me about a pretty upsetting uh, Facebook post you made. Just <gasps> wanted to make sure that you're okay and you're not like... Gonna kill yourself. Gonna kill yourself or something like that. Class of 04. And huh? I was like, and I called him back. I called him back. What right? are you and I was like, talking he's like, about? He's like, oh, I saw the, Judy showed me the, the Facebook post you made. And it was like something about, uh, it's what I'm waiting for or something. like. I was like, dad, what are you talking about? He's like, he, and he brought it up. He's like, oh, it says, uh, whoa, I'm not here to fight I a war. You can't tell that's a song with the woes <laughs> and the rhyming. <laughs> I'm not here to fight a war, not here to... I was like, Dad, those are song lyrics. I mean, it rhymes and has woes <laughs> in and it. Not, there's nothing about those lyrics... There's lyri- an onomatopoeia. There's, there's nothing about those lyrics <laughs> that sound like they're coming... From, they, that sounds like there's something coming from someone that's about to blow their brains out. It doesn't make... It, I don't I don't understand what the concern was about. I don't understand what the concern was about. I was like, no, Dad... I, I know, like, that's Dad, like... Those are... Those That's are, not like I don't want to live this life anymore. Those like, are you know what I mean? song lyrics. I like, post them because I like that song because I like jumping around in the pogo pit. Yeah, like I can see if you post like the song I don't want to live and then like, you know, you're just like, hey, are you okay? But like those lyrics, well, I don't want to fight a war. <laughs> don't want to blame the government anymore. Uh, I just want to get in the pit, poking around, not giving a shit. Like I don't, yeah, I don't see what's... <laughs> Quite like I was, shoot the kids at school <laughs> all in a bloody pool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a little different. I wasn't about talking about Quick shooting up a note. school. Quick side note, though. I'm going to go off on a little tangent. It's a uh, are we going to talk about school shooting? Not, just not really. I want to make a brief point. So, okay. I grew up, everybody was leftover crack fans. I was the least leftover crack fan, but then I would be obsessed with them. It was a love-hate relationship. You know what I mean? That being said, I am never an absolute follower. Like, do you know what I mean? If you haven't picked that up yet, I do not mind being the contrarian. But fucking, okay. So my friends were obsessed with leftover crack to the fact where, like, they were trying to get, like, body bugs to be cool. You know what I mean? And, like, they were, um, okay, so... You know how they have Jesus has a place for me, rock the 40 ounce, yeah. and um, shoot the kids at school in a bloody pool, you know what I mean? What they're referencing is Columbine, and it is definitely Columbine because there's logos where the two kids are on their shirt, like cheers in 40s, and I get the, I'm not PC, I'll shoot your kid at school, he's going to grow up to be a fucking asshole just like you. Like, I, I, I hear the lyrics. However, especially when your records are like, we are anti-racist, we are anti-sexist, we are anti... Like, I'm anti all those things, but when you put it on the back of a jacket, like, it's a little bit... And it's like, when you do that, it's like... And they put those kids on a shirt. They were Nazis. They did that shit on Hitler's birthday. That wasn't even just a school shooting. That was a Nazi. They were specifically targeting the popular kids, and the main target was the popular black kid from the football team who had, like, straight A's because he was, like, so good. Like, like, don't be a menace to South Central. The guy going to college, oh, the white man's got to shoot that one. The white skinhead shoots the yeah. guy as he's walking into college. Like, they, were, they did it on Hitler's birthday. They were white supremacists. So even if you're going to ignore the, like, murdering children a travesty, even if we're going to let that slide, those dudes were fucking Nazis. And as anti and militant as 
Stizza and Leftover Crack come across. Why the fuck do they have Nazi murderers? And I'm not saying cancel them. It's just my theory. It's my, uh, not theory, philosophy. Like, it's my observation. Well, it's an observation. It's that an adequate one. It's I mean, a, it's, a, it's an observation that makes total sense. Yeah, right? Because, like, I mean, it's bad. Because don't get me wrong. I would sing those lyrics, and I would feel like, just like when I hear Gigi Allen say some really, like, I'm, like, I got a lock and a sock. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, yeah. Like, I don't, like, want people to get beat with locks and socks. But that doesn't mean that hearing that doesn't trigger something in me that makes me go, fuck yeah. And I would get that from the shoot the kids at school thing, but I always knew them kids were Nazis. And then I remembered what a fucking two of our girlfriends went as them at Halloween. And I was like, Jesus, so it's ridiculous. First of all, we have like beards, okay? I'm 18 and I look 25. You know what I mean? I'm 17, I guess. And Zach Lay is like 18. And we're trick-or-treating, and me and Zach are in our normal clothes, and people think they're a costume, and they're yelling at us for being too old or not wearing a costume. And Brittany and I forget if – was it me? I don't remember who the other one was. They went as the Columbine kids, and they were – so they're just wearing, like, trench coats and black and, like, you know what I mean? Made themselves look like boys. And people were asking who they were, and they were saying they were the Columbine kids. And, oh, my God, they were going door-to-door telling people they were the Columbine kids. I'm just standing there. Can we have some candy? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A, dude. (laughs) Fucking A. We used to do some fucked up shit. We used to do some fucked up shit. In the circle, making help clean up Easton signs, panhandling for money. Oh, Jesus Christ, the good old days. I don't know if that was the good old days. Here's class of 04, because that's what it was. 04. Oh, boy. That is literally the year. Here's the Chernobyl babies. We're getting the fuck out of here. If you're listening, you must like us, because those other Do motherfuckers it, clicked off a long fucking time ago. If you ain't listening, <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't partying. See you guys later, Chernobyl babies, class of 04. Problems anymore. I just wanna get in the pit, blow around.